Welcome to the Informed Simplicity Project, a place for students looking for the informed simplicity on the far side of complexity. This is your host, Jordan Harris, and today I have an incredible guest, Aragani Vlas. Before we get into, into the interview, though, I wanted to um, say a few things. So, Aragani came to my attention after I read this article. Sudden gains and sudden losses in the clients of a super shrink. Ten case studies by Brian Henson, Michael Lambert, and Aragani Vlas. Aragani, or Ari, as her clients call her, is, simply put, the best therapist we have on record. Her outcomes are incredible, um, and what's most illuminating is the percentage of her clients who have sudden gains. So a little bit of background. This article came out in 2015, and basically before that, um, Ari was at a conference where she ran into Mike Lambert. Mike Lambert is well known for developing the Outcome Questionnaire, which is a 45-item survey that you give clients that tracks their well-being over time. She approached uh, Professor Lambert because she had an abnormal number of clients who were getting this weird flag on their account. They were being coded as blues. And she didn't know what that meant. So she asked him, and uh, Professor Lambert said, well, let me look at your data, basically. And they started looking at the program, and they thought that maybe the program was broken. Because code blue is the code for someone who has a sudden gain. So what is a sudden gain? A sudden gain is when someone has a dramatic increase in their well-being. Um, on the OQ45, to get a little technical, you want to see a 14-point jump. And that means someone has had reliable improvement. Um, and Aries clients regularly had 50-point jumps in their, in their scores. And what was even more striking was that they often had these gains, these sudden gains, early in treatment. Between session 1 or 2, session 2 and 3, and it just didn't make any sense. So um, Dr. Lambert and Brian Hansen then went on to do a study on um, Uri and her caseload. And what they found was remarkable. In fact, she was producing, somehow eliciting these incredible results from her clients. People regularly talk about her with fond memories. And over a two-year period, when they followed up two years later, the gains that they had had from therapy had been maintained. This was shocking to me. You know, if you actually look at the numbers, she has five times more sudden gains than anybody we have on record. And of course, as a student of the field, I had to reach out to her. And she was such a delight to talk to. So, without further ado, uh, Aragani Vlas, the Super Shrink. So I'm super excited to have you on. <clears throat> and before we sort of get into uh, all of the questions that I have, uh, yes. I would love for you just to give a brief introduction about yourself. Oh, well, a simple person I am. Um, I actually, well, I started off um, doing textile design and then I went into teaching and then I went into psychology. Actually started um, my degree at an American university in Greece, would you believe? They had a campus there. Mm, Laverne it was back then. I don't know whether it still exists. And uh, But then I lost my, found lost my son and my partner, both from cancer. So I returned to Australia and continued studying and then finished off, you know, completed my clinical um, master's. And yes, I've uh, been working ever since for many years, um, love my work and um, been involved in a lot of training, a lot of workshops, a lot of conferences, travelled to the UK to sort of, you know, to see Dan Siegel, who I love, you know, he's just amazing. You know, looks at that sort of energy, um, works on energy levels, just amazing. So, yeah, no, I've, I'm busy, busy, busy practice, very busy practice, my own practice. Um, yes, 
and I love what I do. How I long, how long I do. have you been, have you been practicing? 25 years in, 25 in yeah. Years. yeah. Wow. And well, I was, as I said, I've had many lives. <laughs> yeah. I had many lives. And um, have you always done private practice or have you done other stuff as well in the, in the therapy world? Um, uh, well, part of, you know, part of training was, you know, working in hospitals and whatever, but no, never, never sort of inclined to, you know, go into the hospital setting. I think I had enough of hospitals with my son <laughs> and my partner and now I have my mum. So, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. So, no, no, private practice. Private practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so referrals from GPs because we have uh, we have Medicare here mm-hmm. and actually I was involved in the um, we had a pilot study to actually ascertain whether uh, psychology um, you know would, uh, would whether Medicare would benefit from you know psychology being introduced into Medicare because it was up until that you know this is this is going back now 15 years and so I was involved in the pilot study and uh, it was only for clinical psychologists at that stage. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was very successful. So then it became Medicare proper. We became included in Medicare. So I am very different to most clinicals um, in that I actually don't, um, I just sort of get the rebate. I don't actually, I bulk bill. I don't charge a gap, which I could, but I don't because I want to work with those people who would, you know, normally would not be able to afford to attend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so important, right? I mean, so absolutely. Often, that's why we have, that's why we have this uh, yeah. Medicare. That's why we have Medicare. But yeah. anyway, some yeah, so, people. So often in the States, therapists sort of graduate out of working with people who really need, who with the people who who need the most because they have the least resources. Yeah. And it sounds like you've sort of done the opposite. You work with the people who uh, don't have the resources but still have the have the need. Yes, and a lot of doctors know that, and I get a lot of referrals from doctors, but I get a lot of referrals from the referred. Yeah. I get, you know, oh, please see my father, please see my daughter, please see my, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's all my aunt, my cousin, my friend, yeah. So it's, it's a revolving door here. I can, yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like, and you're in Australia. I'm in Australia. Yeah, mm. so it's, it's, it's daytime there. I'm so in Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. Sydney, wow. Yes. The capital. Yep. Yeah. Pretty well, well. No? Well, yeah, well, yes, well, we are. <laughs> Canberra <laughs> is, Canberra is where, you know, the, where, Sydney, yeah. yes. Yes. Um, and how did you get into counseling? What What made you want to become a, a psychologist? Um, actually, in in Greece, I actually had my own school, and um, I had a lot of children come to me who were actually really, you know, from troubled families, and um, I used to be called the good lady, Kalikiria, you know, the good lady. So I think, um, and then I had a friend of mine who she was doing her masters, and um, yeah, so she, yeah, so I think many variables. But I, I guess I was just, it was just one of those things where just seemed to, um, I just seemed to sort of move into, yeah, that area. Um, I don't know whether you have um, your familiar with Myers-Briggs Myers-Briggs yeah, yeah. so I'm, a, I'm a, an INFJ yeah INFJs and INFJs apparently if you read the text you know they say that you know we would be quite suited to clinical psychology it's interesting it specifically says that so interesting mm. that is very really mm. interesting I yeah think and they're only one and one percent one percent of INFJs yeah. mm. Yes, yes. I mean, I fluctuate between an INFJ and an INTJ, I think. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm such a borderline on the... Yes. So, but yeah, it's a very rare type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have a lot of empathy, don't we? 
We have a lot of empathy. Yeah. Um, and what's your caseload like? Is it mostly individuals, couples, a, a mix? I have all sorts. All sorts. All sorts. Yeah. I have individuals. I have a lot of mothers and daughters or, you know, mothers and sons. I do, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, as I said, I don't, I don't advertise at all. I don't, yeah, but, but uh, you know, families just seem to be, you know, they seem to sort of gravitate towards me. And so I do a lot of work with, with um, mothers and, or fathers and their children. Yeah, and a lot of adolescents. I get a lot of adolescents working, you know, sort of working with them. Yeah. Hmm. So a lot yeah. of family work as well. A lot of family work, yes. Wow. But as I said, individuals. And now with this COVID, um, we do have telehealth. But um, I have, you know, I have been doing both. But I've had people come face to face, really. <laughs> I've only had a, maybe 1% of people who are actually doing the telehealth. Oh. Yeah, because you know they people know it's a very clean environment. People come in, they get, you know it's it's like it's it's actually a, a house which has been sort of transformed into a, a practice. So people you know sort of feel really comfortable, and they and I don't have anyone else here, fortunately. Um, I'm particularly yeah I'm here on my own, so people know that it's a they there's no fear that they'll actually contract COVID here. So. There you go. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Um, so let's sort of dive into the article. Like, can you tell the yes. story? Because in, in the article, it sounds like it's a funny story, but it's told in a way that's very clinical. So can you talk about how you um, were talking to the authors? And you were like, I think the program's broken or, or something. Like, you, you, you didn't understand why your numbers were so extreme. Uh, well, yeah. I... Um... I, yeah, it's interesting that I actually had such, but I, I honestly believe that the feedback I get from people all the time is, I feel safe here. I feel very safe and I feel very heard. And empathy is absolutely crucial, but we need to listen. It is so important to listen, very important. And listening is not only hearing, but it also getting that looking at all the nonverbals, looking at, looking at you know, just being highly, 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 highly sensitised to that person who's sitting in front of us. Really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're always getting feedback from your clients. Verbal and nonverbal. Yes, and I do. I mean, I use the OQ. The OQ. What, what, what yeah. made you decide to use the, the OQ? Uh, well, I actually saw uh, Professor Lambert actually present at one of the clinical college, uh, co college conferences years ago, like uh, probably going back 20 years now. And I was so impressed. So impressed. I was so impressed. I went straight up to him and I said, you know, <laughs> I really want to use this. Yeah, it was, I want to use this questionnaire and yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been using it for many years now. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, they love it. Clients love it because, yeah. you know, they see their, they see their progress. They, I mean, they see where they actually, uh, their, their baseline, they have a baseline. So they see where they sort of, um, how they're, their mental state, you know, uh, at a particular, uh, when they first come. And then, of course, you know, you see that rapid decline. It's like, oh. And, you know, men, I find that with men, that happens pretty well most of the time because men love a skills-based approach, you know. So I use, it's interesting, the approach that I use is, I'm not sort of, you know, like, I don't have, um, you know, sort of, a rigid way of working, but um, I look at. I, I, I'm very. I've been very much influenced by um, um, compassionate mind therapy. You know, uh, what's his name? The one in the UK. Um, uh, it'll, it'll come to me. Um, 
where we actually it's 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 actually sort of more for you know shame based um, uh, sort of therapy, but I'm I use it across the board because I I've, I've said to um, oh, what's his name I see him so often at conferences, but anyway, um, and he actually um, yeah he sort of looks at the historicals because historicals are really important, but we're not Freud here. Okay. We're not Freud. We don't go on and we're not, you know, what's his name? Um, you know, the, the actor, um, Woody Allen, we're not Woody Allen, you know, where we sort of <laughs> go on for therapy for years and years and years. Um, yeah, it's very sort of succinct. So we look at historicals, we look at our key fears, we look at uh, safety behaviors and the unintended consequences. So, of course, you know, we're always going back to family, what, you know, what, um, what, you know, what we have learned as, you know, from, from tiny, tiny tots, you know, and then, uh, of course, you know, modelling, there's a lot of modelling happening. And, of course, that's all sort of, I work a lot with the amygdala, you know, so we sort of talk a lot about the amygdala and fears emotions, procedural memory is all part of that amygdala and um, and the alarm system because the children love to sort of hear about, well, we're going to turn off that alarm. Yes, we turn off the alarm. So, so the thing is that, you know, our fears, I work a lot with fears because fears developed as a result of historicals, don't they? You know, if we have um, growing up in environments where you know, maybe sort of maybe traumatic or chaotic or, you know, um, so, or even, you know, even at school, you know, you get bullying. So there are lots of situations where you get fears as a result of, um, you know, school peer relationships. I find that a lot with adolescents. So, um, so you, you're getting your fears and, of course, the way we manage our fears um, related to our, um, so we, we manage those fears using what we call um, safety behaviours. The thing is that those safety behaviours often are very, um, what can I say, um, they're very maladaptive, of course. And then, of course, you get your unintended consequence of that. So then we, you know, this is sort of CBT with compassion focused therapy. So then we look at triggered events. So we're looking at our classic, you know, CBT model. And then we have our triggered event. We have our emotions. We have a downward spiral, external threat, internal threat. So we sort of, when we, when we actually activate the alarm system, we're sort of, we're in that fight flight, you know, we're sort of, you know, we're looking at threats, but that's when our, and of course our emotions are actually triggered off by our fears. We were talking about the triggered event, okay, so the emotions and the emotions actually a manifestation of fear, aren't they? Because if we actually have a fear activated in a particular situation, then of course we have an emotion. And of course then the, we react, I mean, with the emotion, then of course we, we go into that downward spiral because we've activated the fight flight response. And the thing is that, you know, in that fight flight response, of course, we actually, uh, you know, constantly it's all negative. It's all, you know, the fear and the threat and yeah. So, thing is we I train people to actually recognize and to identify the emotion that is surfacing and then being able to intervene at that moment where the emotions are surfacing calm themselves down so that then they actually avoid going into the downward spiral and I actually do a recording of that so I do a type of hypnosis I mean I've you know I've sort of written everything down so everything is sort of so we we actually um we consolidate with that recording and they've got that on their phone and they train themselves and they listen to that every, every, every night for at least two months. Wow. And the men love that. The men love it. 
Wow. And the and the women too, but the yeah. men because men are very skills based, aren't they? Yeah. Unlike women who go around and around in circles, you know, we sort of <laughs> we go around and around in circles. But so, um, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, I have a few numbers from the article. Uh, from from the actual article, you had eighty five people in your in the sample, and something like. Uh, 45 to 50% of them had these sudden gains. And yeah. is, is that in your understanding from the exercise, from, from listening to the recording? Is that from listening? How do you make sense of that? Um, well, it is not just from the recording. It is actually that moment of epiphany. It's like, aha, okay. Um, I get what is actually causing me to react and behave like this, okay? And that's, yeah, once they have that understanding, then that is huge. That is huge. Wow. And so people yeah. often have those epiphanies in your office. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. It's like, oh, yeah, the epiphany. And, and if you look at the research, and if you look at the, you know, um, research and studies or, you know, um, um, yeah, when they talk about sudden gains, they, more often than not, when I was sort of, you know, when we were writing the paper and I was looking at, um, you know, what um, up until now, you know, up until then, you know, what, what how they sort of, um, how they explain these sudden gains, often they would talk about epiphanies. Yeah, it's like an aha moment. Oh, I get it. I understand why I've actually been behaving like this. Yeah. Because we've sort of, you know, but in, usually in one session, I mean, I don't, it doesn't take me long to actually get to that point. That's the thing. It's one or two, the first or second session, it'll be like, yeah. Because it's just, as I said, I think it's the listening you listen, you hear, you do not actually let one detail go. You know, you're completely there. And this is why, as therapists, we need to be accountable. We need to be, we need to look after our own physical and mental health. We need to be alert all the time. We cannot actually bring outside issues into our work. We have to be there 150%. Mm. I love it. I think that's so true. I think therapists have to be present. Um, I want to come back to that, but I don't want yes. to something that you just said. What's your, yes. what's your intake process? Like, do you have an intake and then a first session and then a second session? Or, or do you do an intake in, in one session and then you do something else? How do you? Well, intake. Well, what is intake? You know, <laughs> the person comes in and, uh, and they sort of, they present, but then we sort of, it's not like I'm actually, you know, getting, um, you know, how when you go, when you sort of take it, like in a clinical sort of masters and things, you know, we would take it. I, I just, I'm very, I sort of get what I need to get in that first session. Like as in, I get as much information about that person and what is happening for them and the, what they were, I don't know. In the first session, I start working. I actually start working. And how long are your are your sessions? Are they sixty minutes? Well, we we only we are, we're only paid fifty minutes, but I actually spend sixty minutes with people. Okay. You say sixty yeah. minutes. Yeah. You know, and that's goes back to one of the things that was so interesting about hearing about your your work is oftentimes Ooh. between session one. Yeah. Which is your intake and session two. Yeah. People have these epiphanies. Yeah. yeah. When they come that's in for right. the second session, they've already had this. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so in that first session, then you're also explaining to them, okay, this is why you're acting the way that you are. There's a fear there. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's deal yeah. with the fear. Let's give you the skill yeah. to deal to deal with this fear. Yeah. And, then they use and what is this then. fear? Is this is this fear irrational or is it rational? You know, we look at you know we look at we. I guess they start to they begin to understand 
you know, when we are children, we actually develop fears or when we're younger, we develop a fear. But the thing is that that fear, is that a realistic fear? That's the thing. And when they understand that, you know what, this is completely irrational fear. Yeah. Then, But also, you know, we also need to be looking like men can come and they, if they're, if they're, um, they come and they're sort of, they've got a burnout. It's really very important for us to actually ascertain whether a person has got, is sleeping well, because sleep is huge, you know, like if you're getting someone who's actually sleeping three hours or two hours or, you know, then of course that is going to impact, you know, profoundly on their, on their mental state. And so, and their diet and their, you know, so it's, as I said, I'm also holistic. I mean, I will look at all of those things, even in the first session. I'll, I'll get it in somewhere, somewhere I'll actually, and yeah. You were doing so then I get them. In that first session. I do a lot in the first sessions. I do you're, you're, getting their, you're, you're getting their story. You're intervening a little bit. You're giving them psychoeducation. Yeah. Yeah, for nutrition, yeah. sleep. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a yeah. whole hour. Oh, I do a lot, a <laughs> lot. I do not waste any time. You can't waste any time. The thing is, I'm constantly getting new people coming in, so I can't waste time. And I have to sort of, you know, this is the thing. Um, so you were also talking about how important it is to, to be present. How do you? prepare yourself to be present for your clients you have a routine you have a ritual yes i do i do i do i'm up at five every morning i actually um do um aerobic exercise well sort of you know jogging for about 15 20 minutes then i will do a solid hour of yin yoga yin yoga is so important for immunity and then i'll do some you know weights and then i actually have my main meal for breakfast. Wow. So that's all done by, you know, I'm sort of getting ready. It takes me five minutes to get ready <laughs> for work and I'm three minutes away from work. So yeah, it's like, and I'm at work at nine and then, yeah. Yeah. But now I'm at the hospital at eight. So yeah, the routine sort of, it's, it's earlier now. <laughs> And do you do anything else during the day? Like I know for myself, I don't have caffeine in the morning. Oh, I never drink. It yeah, just throws me off. Yeah. So is there anything no, else no. That, that you do? That well, you do? well, what I have for breakfast is I have, as I said, I have um, I have steamed vegetables, and I have uh, eggs, and I have uh, fruit, and I have uh, nuts, and yeah, whatever in the morning, and then I don't eat until. I've, I've slept very, very little at night because my sleep has to be optimal. And my sleep is, I'm in bed by 8.30, 8.30. That's important for you in order to be alert the next day. Absolutely, absolutely. But the yoga is also essential. Exercise, and I love swimming because I live um, by the ocean. And um, yeah, I, at the moment it's a bit cool, but... Yeah, and I, as I said, situation at the moment with mum is, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. So what, yeah. I mean, what is the yoga? I, I don't, I don't, I don't do any sort of yoga, but. Yin yoga, uh -huh. yin, Y-I-N, is amazing. Because yin yoga, how it differs from what most people sort of understand of yoga is that you actually maintain the pose from at least two to eight minutes. So you stay in the, but I've always sort of you know, been, you know, sort of, I've always done yoga, maybe not as much, but the last couple of years I've actually sort of been more, again, right into it. Um, but it's, if you, when you maintain, a, I mean, I also meditate, so I do the, the mindfulness meditation. So I've been doing that for six years. Um, but the, I'm finding that the yin yoga actually incorporates the, um, the meditative sort of side, but it also the physical and you're actually really strengthening the muscles. So yeah, it's amazing. And it actually, it actually strengthens your immune system because you're working on that lymphatic system. Yeah. Wow. Draining lymph nodes. You're draining all those lymph nodes. And Amazing. how long is your whole uh, yoga session? 
An hour. An hour. One wow. hour. One hour of yin yoga. So you every wake morning. up, you exercise, then you do an hour of yoga. So you have like a what? A, how long is it from when you wake up to you when you go into the office? Uh, from five until nine, I start work normally. Now, of course, it's because I go to the hospital now. So it's yeah, I start at eleven now, but but I but I'm at the hospital at eight, so I have to sort of do all that before eight. Are you having like a so it's like a three-hour like boot-up process. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, and that keeps me very alert. Very yes, my sleep is optimal. Like my sleep is so good, really. Do you yes. do anything else for your sleep? Like, do you keep your temperature at a certain level, or do you? Shut oh yeah, well, and... we have to. Oh, yeah, my own. Oh, no, my room is very dark. <laughs> my room is really dark, and uh, you have to be really careful about not having too much bed clothing. Too, you know, the bed clothing needs to be, yeah, suitable for whatever time of the year. Yeah, that's a very good point. That one, because a lot of people, you know, they they get too hot at night, and if you get too hot at night, your sleep is actually going to be very compromised. Hmm. And I'm interested in Ayurveda, you know, Ayurveda, you know, the, yeah, all of those things, like, you know, looking at body types and, oh, yes, there are so many amazing other things in life as well as clinical psychology, you know, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> like, and you, you know, I, I sort of bring it in at times. It just depends on the client, you know, it just depends. Yes, it's. Um, so I had another question. Um, yes. How do you know when a client is is finished? How do you terminate? Well, I look at the IQ, don't I? Okay. Yeah. And if they meet, and if they're, if and they the thing is that sometimes, off. well, <laughs> the thing is, you know, they they actually, I, I often find that they return to the normal range, and then they, and then they say, but there's another issue that I'd like to work on. They don't want to leave. It's sort yeah. of like. I don't think you're okay now. No, 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 no. I, there's another issue I want to work on. So I said, well, yeah, okay. All right, we work on the other issue. <laughs> so. yeah. Wow. So there you go. And then yeah, you have the second issue. Do you sort of space them out? Like, do you say, well, I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in a month. Yeah, yeah yes, you... I do. I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. I, then, yes, it'll be yeah once a month and then the thing is that often what happens is that um you know people will come and they'll have you know they'll sort of they'll they'll be the issue that they've sort of um presented with has just sort of resolved and then they uh, you know, a year later or two years later or 10 years later they come back again and it's like i've got this other issue yeah so yeah they're always i often get very often get people come back again for another reason something uh, completely different of course yeah. yeah how do you make so in the article something else that was really fascinating was yeah you had like a seven percent rate of people who got worse which is really low who had no change or got worse so how do you make sense in general of people who ah. even for someone as talented as yourself yes. you don't help everybody Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. It depends on the thing is that um, financial situation or they're trapped in a marriage that they can't get out of, you know, a woman who actually is entrapped in a marriage. You, there's, and there's no way that you can actually, that she can leave that marriage because, you know, that is, yes, there's, she's got no way out. This is the thing. When, when there's a real sense of entrapment and if you've got... I mean, if you've got a very, very severe trauma, like a trauma that, yeah, it's very, sometimes it, it, it takes longer or, um, you know, you, you might actually get that person sort of going through, there might be another sort of huge trigger or trauma and then they sort of regress again. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those sort of situations are, yeah, complex. They're very, very complex. Yes, yes. But e even those, even those people, you know, I still feel that, you know, we need to be, again, we need to be very present for them. We need to be. We still, we still need to 
to support them in some way. Yeah. Mm. And so, how many every how what percentage of your caseload would you say is long term? Oh, oh no, I have very very few people long term. Long -term. Very very oh, oh, oh. yeah. Most of your clients oh. come for what? For how many sessions? Well, with Medicare, we get um, six, and then we get um, another four. Um, but I work as quickly as I can, so that by that sixth session, more often than not. They're gone. Yeah. 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 Often just with three or four sessions. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I don't foster dependency. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. You fix them up and send them, send them back out. Well, yes. Yeah. You have to be really careful about the way you actually sort of you know, that, I mean, that they themselves, it's like, you know, the, particularly, as I said, men, you know, they just think, oh, gee, whiz, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. I can, yeah, I, I can move on. So, yeah, I, I understand what's going on. And, yeah, so they, yeah. Interesting, the issues that come up, you know, you get such varied issues, like a, such a, a variety. They're just, yeah, so... So different people will pop up with, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, um, oh, wow, you know, that, that's something that I've not heard of before, you know. I mean, you know, you think you've heard everything, but then, yeah. Yes. You never hear oh, yeah. everything. You never no. hear everything. <laughs> There's always no. something else that happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> do you... Um, um, has your, has, so since the article came out, has yes. anything changed for you? No. No, I mean, still the same? Yeah. Well, uh, look, I, I keep sort of, you know, I'm, I keep adding to myself and then I add to my, you know, like I, I think that the gut is huge, gut. The gut is actually our first brain. We need to understand that. So if we don't actually, if we have, um, if we, we don't have good gut health, then we're not going to actually have good mental health. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute fact. So, you know, I sort of, you know, I, as I said, I continue, I am continually sort of researching and learning and, yeah, so it's interesting. I had a message from this guy who came probably six months ago and you know, he, he, he flew in, flew out. He was like two, two sessions off he went. And then he messaged me and wanted another session. And he said, I got that book that you told me about because he had Crohn's. And I said to him, I told him about the, the gut and how important it is for him, you know, uh, gut health and um, a diet and da, da, da. And he said that really, really helped. So, you know, as I said, it's, we have to, if we listen to the client and if we ask the right questions or we, you know, we sort of, or they're, we need to hear what they're saying to us and then we need to, you know, we, we cannot lose any opportunity, any opportunity to actually to explore. There you go. Um. I have, I have a, a question. This is sort of weird. Do you have lots of gifts from your clients? Um, I, I don't encourage that. You don't encourage that? I don't encourage, I don't encourage it, no. 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 So the gift don't... for me is the gift, well, they, they, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess at Christmas, you know, people, but not, no, no, you know, just very small things because remember my clients are not you know they're not they're I, th I think that they just well the gift they give me is that they actually you know they sort of they change that's the gift and they understand that I think and then but, the, but yeah. they're not sending you Christmas cards or 
Oh, yeah, I get Christmas cards and things like that, yes. Yeah. Christmas, yes, yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. And like yeah. small... Oh, I always get a text, you know, thank you for, you know, the help, and absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, wow. What advice would you have for the rest of us, people who want to um, emulate your success? I think it's absolute love for what we do. We need to love what we do. We need to respect and the people that, that come to us and understand that, that it is our, it's a privilege to actually work with every person who actually walks in our door. It's a privilege. It is. It is absolutely. That's why I'm grateful every day for being able to actually to um, to help these people yeah. in whatever way I can. Sometimes, you know, we can't help people. And I tell them that it's very rare, but there are times when I say, no, I just can't. There's nothing I can do here. Yeah someone who is drug addicted and I say to them, look, sorry, but, you know, we've, we've actually, you know, we've sort of, I've tried, you know, we've tried whatever way, but he's not working. So best that we actually don't continue. So, yeah, I've said, yeah, I've, I've, I've yeah, I've been in that situation. Um, and are there any books that you would recommend just sort of basic books for people who want to improve therapists who want to read something that would be really stimulating maybe um well i mean i have a myriad of books i have so many so many so many books um um I'm trying to think about that that professor in in the UK. Oh my gosh! The I, mind, I, mind training. He's a compassion. Yeah, he's compassion focused therapy. He's um, oh, he's in the UK. Um, uh, let's see if I can find him. Gilbert. Gilbert. That's it. Paul yes. Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Gilbert, he's amazing. I don't know whether you have heard a lot about him in the US, but I've done so many workshops with him and, yeah, and uh, conferences I was going to do this year, but, you know, everything has been cancelled. So cancelled. It's just really hard. It is. Really hard. hard. It is. Yeah, Yeah, Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert. uh, also, you know, there's a wonderful book on the gut. I'm just wondering whether I've got it here. Oh, yes. Julia Elders. Uh, Julia, Julia Enders. Yes. She actually uh, has got a fantastic, have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she works. Yeah, she's, she's got this very, very humorous book on the gut, but it's fantastic. It's really like it really good. is. It's good. Yeah. So gut health. Um, what else? Oh dear. So I said there are, uh, there's books on sleep, there's books on. Yeah, if you can. But as far as. Like sleep. Yeah, there's a, I've got a really good book at home on sleep, but um, I don't have it here with me. Um, yeah. No, but there, there are some really, there's some really good books out there on sleep. Maybe I'll um, email to you the book that I've got on sleep. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sleep and, you know, as I said, um, nutrition, really important. You know, there are certain, um, there are, you know, different body types. And as I said, it's, it's good to actually also sometimes introduce those sort of things into a session as well, because, yeah. you know, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah. Um. Who do you, what do you think is on the edge of the field? What's, what's on the frontier? What should we be looking at? What we should be, is interesting. <laughs> the last clinical college that I attended was last year. And uh, I was very, 
finally, you know, I thought, finally, they're getting it. There's this, you know, the, I don't know who it was that was presenting, but anyway, he said, he kept on saying, look, we haven't made any progress with this CBT, you know. We still haven't actually sort of, um, we're not getting the results that we actually should be getting. In the last 50 years, there's been, you know, no improvement with this CBT. And, but then he said, but now what we're looking at, or like, you know, with PTSD, you know, they're using this treatment protocol and da-da-da, and still, you know, we're sort of getting the same results and da-da-da. And um, then he said, but now we're looking at outside the circle. And I said, yes, yes, finally, we need to look outside the circle. We have to, we have to, as I said, you know, someone can, a man might come and he's really, really depressed. And the thing is, we need to be looking at, is he sleeping? Is he drinking? Is he, what is he eating? Is he exercising? Is he, you know, what is it? So, yeah, they're the, they're the things that we just can't just, just go into CBT. That is just, it's nonsensical, really, to me. Yeah. So looking at just So we need, so yeah, that's, the... this is why, yeah, what I'm saying is that what we need to actually understand here is every therapist should look outside the circle. And this is what I actually said in that, in the, in the paper I mentioned, we have to be, we have to sort of be creative. We have to be creative in the way that we work. We cannot be rigid. So that, so that means like um, looking at sleep, looking at hygiene, looking at, um, <clears throat> what's the word? Nutrition, not just psych psychology. Well, that's right. And the thing is that, you know, we need to identify why is a feeling, why is a person, often people who are depressed, well, they are, because they're trapped, okay? And it might be that they're actually in the wrong job. So we have to do, okay, let's do a questionnaire. Let's see your personality type. Let's actually sort of see, you know, what would suit you here. Okay, so do you see, like it's, there are so many things that we can do. You know, we need to have many tools in our little sort of tool, tool bag. Though. We need many tools. And these tools, are, you know, we sort of, we, we, we bring them in, we introduce them, where we actually sort of, you know, where we, um, where we think that it's appropriate. But that's why listening to the person, picking up, you know, just the not everything, we have to be absolutely intently focused on that person. Yeah. Wow. Who do you feel convinced some of your major teachers in that, right? Like that's such a skill that not everyone has. I think we're all born with it. You know, we're all born with that ability to listen and to be present, but along the way, we have we have to we, we lose it and have to relearn it. Well, we 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 observing, we're hearing, we're whatever, but we're also thinking, okay, well, well, okay, what you know, where can we go with that, or what can I go with that, or we can. You have you seen Dan Siegel? Yeah. Isn't he amazing? Energy, energy, the energy levels. Okay, it's actually sad, you know, because a person comes in and when they're depressed. And though they're anxious, their energy levels are sort of depleted, aren't they? And so the thing is that what we need to actually, he talks about that plan of possibility. I mean, he's just profound, that man. I just think he's amazing. I mean, he's my, he's my yeah, he's, I, I just think he's God's gift, really. He is. He, he has, he's done so much amazing work. Really, he has. And um, when he looks at that plane of possibility and, you know, if you get someone who's traumatized, because I get, you know, I get people with post-traumatic stress, severe trauma. And, of course, when you actually sort of are able to work on the, their energy, you know, their energy levels. And, but also, as I said, energy also comes from, lack of sleep or the wrong nutrition or, you know, so again, so we're looking not only at the trauma, so being able to sort of, um, to, to actually, um, to work on the, 
exposure work, desensitization, you know, understand, you know, that sort of, but also looking at the, the other variables, like as in, you know, um, yeah, as I said, we're a whole person, mind, body. We have to look at the body as well as the mind. I don't know whether I've made myself clear there, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's so true, right? We have to look at not just the psychology, but also like what is going on outside the circle? Are they sleeping? Are they eating? Are they taking care of themselves? Because if they're not, then their energy levels are going to be low. Exactly. And when we have, it's interesting, I had a man come just uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was so depressed. This man was so depressed. Couldn't get to, he couldn't find a job. He wasn't able to find a job. Um, and then uh, it was probably, he's been looking for a year now and he's always an accountant and he was always, you know, very sort of, you know, he was always employed. Anyway, he was stuck, absolutely stuck. So he was drinking at night. I said, you got to let go of the drinking. Got to actually optimise sleep. Got to start exercising. I said, if you actually optimise your energy levels, then, of course, you will attract because, you know, Siegel talks about, you know, if, we, if, we, if our energy is optimal, then, of course, we're going to actually attract, don't we? It's, you know, nature of energy field, energetic fields. Right. So, yeah, so he did that. And, you know, the next session he came back and he said, you know what, I found a job. There you go. I've got a job. I think what's fascinating about uh, what you're talking about is it sounds like, like your clients follow your advice. Whenever oh, I've given clients advice in the past, they don't, they don't do it. I'm like, you should need to, and they go, ah, okay. But then they don't follow through. <laughs> they do. They, they do. Wow. They absolutely do. How yes. do you get them to do all the homework? How do you, what's your, what's your magic recipe? They trust me. They trust you. It's huge. It is. I mean, in some ways, I think it's it's the thing, you know. I don't know if you've heard of Stephen Porges. Um, yes, I have. Yes, you know, I was supposed to do a workshop with him, but it was actually uh, rescheduled. So, yeah. yeah. I've seen him. I saw him in London at, at a conference. Wow, mm. yeah. I've only seen him, like, on tapes and stuff. And he's, to me, he's, mm. he's my Dan Siegel. And I'm like, and yes. he's about safety and trust. Like, don't you Yes, that? safety. That's it. That's that's the thing. I know. And so your yeah. clients really trust you. Yes. Because you're do. really present for them. Yes, exactly. And how 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 often does it really happen? How often do we have someone who's really present to us? Not that often. No, that's right. So that's such a gift to give people. Your yes. full presence. Yeah. Absolutely. And that creates these epiphanies for them. Yeah. And then they go, okay. I can go back to my life. I can go and I can, I can manage. Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. That's the key. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. Man. I feel like we should end on that. That's such a, that's such a moment. I feel like we should end yes. on that. Um, I think so. I think yes. so. Yes. Well, look, um, Lovely talking to you anyway. So great. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Okay. The secret shrink. <laughs>